0: Only then that which is nameless comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 84 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti Podcast is based on a major theme of the philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty, intelligence and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is Negation. Upcoming themes are Knowledge, Analysis and Society. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust, based at Brockwood Park in the UK. For more information about activities and programmes at Brockwood, such as the Krishnamurti Retreat Centre, Brockwood Park School, and more about the Foundation, please visit our website at kfoundation.org. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. This week's podcast has five sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's fifth talk in Sanan, 1965, titled, The Negative Approach.
0: If the question is very clear, to you, not to me, then how will you deal with this? The question of death, old age, disease, pain, uh, the suffering, uh, the loneliness, the, the despairs, the travail, the tortures, the uncertainty all of them, how will you do it? If you don't know how to do it, then you are caught, then you lose time, then you will Till you die you are tortured. Right? Is the question clear? Now how will you answer this question? When you have a question about which no one can tell you the answer, no book, no philosopher, no teacher, no, no church. Nobody can tell you what to do. If another tells you and to follow him, then you are lost. You're back again to the turmoil and conflict. So there is nobody to tell you, what will you do? Don't you stop all activity of the mind? Hmm? You have looked in every direction, tried to solve everything in dif- ten different ways. You are faced with this one fundamental problem. And what will you do? Surely, there is only. one state of mind. That is, as you don't know the answer, as you don't know what to do, the mind stops completely all its activities. Right? Are you following this? Non-verbally, I hope. I don't know what to do, I must find a way out. No books, all that, all that rubbish has been thrown away down the gutter, and I am faced with this problem. What am I to do? I know I can't go back the old way. So here is a positive question, right? And Any positive approach to it is of time, therefore my mind must be completely negative, right? You know what I mean by negative and the positive? Positive is the process of analysis, examination asking tearing following destroying all that we have done that you've gone to this church that guru that priest that book that philosopher and followed that system you have discarded positively the whole activity and Therefore your mind, when confronted with this fundamental issue, is in a state of negation. Right? Negation in the sense it is not expecting an answer, not looking for a way out. Do follow this. This is really extra if you if one can understand this, you will be able to resolve all the problems with one breath. That is your mind having inquired, analyzed, which doesn't take long, you can do that very quickly. It has been through all the positive ways and paths and wandered around, and now it has, has, it has no, not found any answer. It is completely in a state of negation, not waiting, not hoping, not expecting someone to tell you. Right? So please don't agree, for God's sake don't agree. When it is in that state of mind, complete negation, then you can approach every… you can approach all the problems and then you will find that they can be resolved totally and completely, because it is the mind that is creating this problem separately. It is the mind that is breaking each problem into a separate, fragmentary issue and hoping thereby to dissolve them. So when the mind is completely quiet negatively, it has no problems at all.
1: The second extract is from the sixth talk in Paris, 1961, titled To see what is true, there must be negation of the false.
0: Not knowing what is the right approach, I can only say I know what is the wrong approach and therefore deny the wrong approach. Not knowing what the right approach, you follow? Therefore the mind is in a state of negation. No. Now have you ever tried negative thinking? That is to put away all positive thinking with its negations. Most of our thinking is positive thinking with its negations, which is thinking according to authority, according to formula, according to profit, reward, fear, and so on, so on, so on. That is positive thinking with its negations. But what we are talking about is a negation of what is false, not not being aware of what is true. I know analysis is false. It will not break down the limitations of consciousness or bring about a mutation. So I will not indulge in analysis. I don't know what is the other way yet, but I will not do this. You follow? I know nationalism is a poison, whether the nationalism of France or India or Russia, is poison. I, but I deny What will be after, I don't know. But this is wrong. To see the truth in the false is the beginning of perception of what is true. To see that the gods, the saviours, the ceremonies that man has invented for ten thousand years, including the latest two thousand years or forty years, that is false, that has no validity, and to deny that completely, which demands a mind that is a brain and a mind that is very clear, That has no fear in its denial. Then, by denying what is not true, by seeing what is false, you're already beginning to see what is true, aren't you? To see what is true, the mind must be f- free, completely of what is false. But to see what is true, there must be a quality of of negation, which is the negation of what is false. You. Look, to find out what is beautiful, what is beauty, you must deny all the beauty which man has created. To find out, not how to express what you find out. To experience the essence of beauty There must be the destruction of everything that has been expressed so far, because the expression, however marvellous it is, is not beauty. To find out what virtue is – virtue, which is an extraordinary thing. Not the social morality and respectability, the taboos and what you should do, what you should not do, and all that silly stuff, but to find out what is virtue. There must be complete tearing down of every respectable moral conduct issue. When you see what, and deny what is false before you can discover what is true, there is a state of negation. You... It is only the mind, the brain that is empty of what is false can discover what is true.
1: The third extract is from Krishnamurti's sixth talk in Bombay, 1966, titled Negation is Positive Action.
0: So is there another totally different way of living, which is act? That means... You have listened very care- carefully, attentively to the way you have lived. And you know all the implications, not just patches of it. Is uh, Am I making myself clear? To listen totally implies that you see, the, that you hear the, the whole problem, not just one or two sketches of that problem. When you listen to those crows, listen in the sense that your mind is quiet, attentive, not interpreting, not condemning, not resisting, you are listening totally. You are listening to the total sound. not of a crow to the total sound and in the same way if you can listen to this total problem of action of which with which you are very familiar if you can listen to that total problem ah, ah, if you can listen totally to that problem to the problem to the issue to the way you live from idea action totally listen then you have the energy to listen to something else. But if you do have not listened totally to the present way of action, then you have not the energy to follow what's going to come. After all, to find out anything you must have energy. (laughs) And you need a great deal of energy to inquire into something totally new. And to have that energy you must have listened to the old pattern of life, neither condemning not listen to it totally. Which means you have understood it. You have understood the futility of living back. When you have listened to the futility of it, you are already out of it. When you have not intellectually but deeply felt the the uselessness of living that way, and have listened to those, to do it completely, totally, then you have the energy to enquire. If you have not the energy you cannot inquire. that is, by denying that which has brought about this misery, this conflict, which we have gone into a little bit, by denying it, the very negation of it is the positive action. I am going to go into that a little bit. We said, is there any other action? in which there is no conflict, which is not a repetitive activity, a repetitive form of pleasure. To find that out we must go into this question of what is love. Don't get sentimental, emotional, or devotional, but we're going to inquire. Love is always negative, must be. (laughs) Love is not thought. Love is never contradictory. Thought is, thought which is a response of memory based on all the animal instincts and so on, so on, so on, the machinery of thinking, that is always contradictory. And in the when there is an action born of thought, that action which is contradictory brings conflict and misery. And in inquiring, in examining if there is any other activity which is not raw, with pain, with anxiety, with conflict. You must find out, or rather you must be in a state of negation, you understand? To inquire, to examine, you you must be in a state of negation, otherwise you can't examine. You must be in a state of not knowing, otherwise how can you examine? The way of life to which we are accustomed to is what is called a positive way, because there you see results. You can do it day after day repetitively based on imitation, habit, following, obeying, being drilled by society or by yourself. That's all a positive activity in which there is conflict and misery. Please listen to all this. And when you deny that, the very process of denial, the very process of your turning back on it, is a state of negation, because you don't know what comes next. That's It's not complicated. <laughs> Intellectually it will sound complicated, but it's not. When you turn your back on something, you're you're finished with it. Now, we say love is total negation. (coughs) We don't know what it means, we don't know what love means. We know what pleasure is, (coughs) which we mistake it for love. Where there is love there is no pleasure. Pleasure is the result of thought, obviously. I look at something beautiful, thought comes in and begins to think about it, creates images. Watch it in yourself. And that image gives you a great deal of pleasure, or that scene, or that feeling. And the thought gives to that pleasure sustenance, continuity. And in family life, that's what you call love, which has nothing whatever to, to do with love. It's to do, you are only concerned with pleasure. And therefore, where there is the pursuit of pleasure, there is imitative, continuative, inter. Please listen to all this. Whereas love has no continuity, because love is not pleasure. And to understand what love is, to be in that state, there must be a negation of the positive. Can I go on with this? Hmm? Sir, look, when you say you love somebody, your wife or your husband, your children, what is involved in you? Strip it of all words of all sentiment, emotionalism, and look at it factually. What is involved in it when you say, I love my wife or my husband? Essentially it's pleasure and security. We are not being cynical, these are facts. And if you really loved your wife and your children, love, not the pleasure that gives you belonging to a family, a narrow little group, sexually and furthering your own particular egotism, if you really loved your family you'd have a different kind of education. You won't be concerned with bringing only concerned with technological studies, helping your son to pass a, some stupid little exam and get him a job. You would educate him to understand the whole process of living. Not one just part segment, a fragment of this vast life. If you really loved, you would, there would, your son, there would be no war. You would see to it. That means you would have no, you would have no nationality, no, no, separate religions, no car, all that nonsense would go. So. So thought cannot under any circumstances bring about a state of love, and thought can only understand what is positive, not what is negative. That is, how can you through thought find out what love is? You can't, can you? You can't cultivate love. You can't say I'll practice day after day being generous, kind, tender, gentle, thinking about others. That is not that that will not create love. That's still a positive action by thought. So it's only when There is the absence of thinking. You can understand what it is to be negative, not through thought. Thought can only create the pattern, and according to that pattern, formula, act, and hence conflict. And if you would find out a way of living in which there is no conflict at all, at any time. You must understand this love which is total negation. That is, sirs, how can you love, how can there be love when there is self-centred activity, either of righteousness, of smug respectability, or of ambition, greed, envy, competition, which are all positive processes of thought. How can you love? You can't, it's impossible. You can pretend, you can use the word love, be very emotional, sentimental, very loyal, but there is nothing whatsoever to do with love. And to understand what it is, you have to understand this positive thing called thinking. And so out of this negation which is called love, there is action, which is the most positive. Because it does not create conflict. Because after all, that's what we want in this world. To live. In a world where there is no conflict, where there is actually peace, both outward and inward, because you must have peace, otherwise you are destroyed, because it is only in peace that any goodness can flower, it is only in peace that you see beauty. If your mind is tortured, anxious, envious, a battlefield, how can you see what is beautiful? Surely beauty is not thought. The thing that creates is created by thought. Is not beauty? So, to find out an action which is not based on idea, concept, and formula, you must listen to the whole of that structure, see, understand that whole structure completely. And in the very understanding of it, you have turned away from it, and therefore you are a, your mind then is in a state of negation, not bitterness, not cynicism, but because it sees the futility of living that way, actually sees it and therefore ends it. When you end something there is a beginning of the new. But we are afraid to end the old because the new we want to translate in terms of the old. You will see, if I I realise that I don't really love my family, which means I am not responsible for it, and then I am liberated to chase another woman or another man. which is again the process of thinking. So thought is not the way out. You can be very clever, erudite, but if you want to find a way of action, That is totally different, that will give a bliss to life. You must understand the whole machinery of thinking, and in the very understanding of what is positive, which is thought, you enter into a different dimension of action, which is essentially love. That means to enquire. You must be free. Otherwise, you can't inquire, you can't examine. And this chaos in the world and mess demands re examination totally. Not according to your terms, not according to your fancies, pleasures, idiosyncrasies, or the activities to which you have been committed. You have to think of the whole thing anew, and the new can only be born in negation, not out of the positive assertion of what has been. And the new can only come into being when there is that total emptiness which is real love. Then. You will find out for yourself what action is, in which there is no conflict at any time, and that is the rejuvenation that the mind needs, because it's only when the mind Has been made young through love, not through sentiment, not through devotion, not through following. It's only through love, which is total negation of life of the positive thought. Then only. such a mind can build a new world, a new relationship, and it is only such a mind that can go beyond the limitations and enter into a totally different dimension. And that dimension is something which is you no know, word. No thought, no experience can be can ever discovered. It's only when you totally deny the past, which is thought, totally deny every day of your life. Therefore, never never a moment of accumulation. So only then you will find out for yourself a dimension which is bliss, which is not of time, which is something that lies beyond the human thought.
1: The fourth extract is from the fourth talk in Ohio, 1982, titled Negating All That Is Not Love
0: Then one, ask, one can ask, what is love? You understand, this is very serious, all these questions, human questions which affect our daily life. Is life, is love, pleasure? Man has reduced it to that. Is love pleasure? Is love desire? Love of country, love of a person, love of a poem, love of a painting, love of the country, love of acquiring acquire a great deal of knowledge. So what is love? Love of God. So is to love God. We don't know what that is, but we have invented it. But to... and so we love it. You say, what we invent, we love. So what is love? Negation is the most positive action. To negate that which is false, totally negate that which is false, is the most positive action. To negate, for instance, The whole concept of nationalism, or a saviour, or some external agency to bring about reformers, to change us, to bring about a different society, to negate the outward agency of any kind, is the most positive action. to negate totally that which is not love. That is, to negate jealousy, to negate totally every form of antagonism, to put aside competition, deny the solitude the the sense of separate entity and you're not separate entity you are you are the mankind so to deny that which is false is the truth To deny all illusions is to live in reality. So can one deny, put aside, negate that which is not love? Attachment is not love. See the consequences of attachment. Attachment to an idea, to a belief, to a conclusion, to a piece of earth as my country. Attachment to a person. What is involved in this attachment? Suppose I am attached to my wife. What are the consequences of attachment? Inquire, please for yourself. I am attached to my wife, or my, the wife is attached to me, And the consequences are fear, the loss. If I am attached to a belief, the same thing, fear of losing that belief. If I am attached to some experience, I hold on to that and I battle resist any form of inquiry by you, to doubt it. I dare doubt it, because I I feel without it I'm no nothing. So is it possible to have a relationship with a man, woman, or with any Anything, anything without any sense of attachment. Would my wife, if I told her, darling, I am not attached to you, what would she say? She would throw something at me, probably. (laughs) You laugh, but you have not applied. You don't come to face the facts that attachment denies totally love. You will say, I understand it logically intellectually, but I have not this feeling that I must be free from it. Because that is one of the factors of conflict. Where there is conflict, there is not only division, there cannot be love. If I love, the thing called god which man has invented there is conflict because I want his forgiveness his prayer you follow so love is not conf- cannot exist where there is antagonism competition attachment conflict possession Now can the mind, can a human being negate all that and live with a man or a woman in society? You have heard this statement, either it is true or utterly meaningless. If it is meaningless, then it has no value. But if you have heard it and find it has value in the sense that it can be applied, why is it that human beings, knowing all this, don't apply? Why is it that human beings Never change, radically. Nothing outside will make you change. No gods, no gurus, no masters, no saviours, no authority. If you there is a mutation in that conditioning only when you yourself see the truth of it. that means you yourself have to think clearly, objectively, not personally. That means truth. Have this extraordinary sense of the feeling of ho- of being whole, not fragmented. Means to have to be safe, free from all error. And when the mind is in that state, there is love. It's not. Whether you love your wife or don't love somebody else, love is love. Please see all this. It's not, can I love one person and not love another? It's like the perfume of a flower. When the perfume is there, not only the one who is nearest to the flower, but it, the flower itself is the beauty of life, to be looked at, admired, smelt by anyone who wants This is not a romantic statement where you can kind of admire and smile and say, I wish I had it, Because without that perfume of love, life has no meaning. To me, the marvelous professor, great scientist, and so on, without that, life has lost its vitality, its depth, its beauty.
1: The final extract this week is from Krishnamurti's 5th talk in Bombay, 1982 titled, Negation, Death and Ending
0: Death is the ending The ending of everything that you know Every attachment All the money you have accumulated, you can't take it with you, therefore you are frightened. Fear is part of our life. We went into that very deeply the other day. And so there is this, whatever you are, however rich, however poor, however highly placed, Whatever power you have, whatever kind of politician you are, from the highest politician down to the lowest crook in politics, this is the end, which is called death. And what is it that is dying? The mean. The mean, with all the accumulations I have gathered, this life, with all the pain, the loneliness, the despair, the tears, the laughter, the suffering, that's me, the words, their words. The summation of all this is me. I may pretend that I have in me some higher spirit, the atman, the soul, something everlasting, which is all put together by thought, and therefore thought is not sacred. So whatever thought invents is not sacred. Whether in the church, in the temple, or in the mosque. So this is our life. This is the me that you cling to, attached. And the ending of that is death. the fear of the known and the fear of the unknown, because our known is our life, and we are afraid of that life, and we are afraid of death. Have you ever seen a man or a woman frightened of death? Have you ever seen them, closely? Death is the total denial of the past, present and the future, which is me, and being frightened of death We think there are other lives to be to be lived. That is, you believe in reincarnation. Some of, probably most of you do. That's a nice, happy memory of comfort, invented by people who have not understood. What is living? They see living is death, pain, constant conflict, endless misery with occasional flare of smile, laughter, and joy. And they say, we live next life. After death I'll meet my wife, my husband, my son, my God. We have not understood what we are. What are we attached to? Look at it, please, look very closely together. What is it that we are attached? To what? To money. If you're attached to money, that's your that is you. The money is you. It's like a man attached to an old furniture. Beautiful fourteenth century furniture. Highly polished. Great value. He's attached to that. And that attachment is to furniture. Therefore, he is furniture. If you are attached to nose and throat specialists, your heaven will be nose and throat. You understand what he is talking about? So, what I'll do? attached to your body. If you are really attached to your body, you have to look after that body, you have to eat properly, you have to exercise properly. But you don't, you are just attached to the idea of the body, the idea. But not the actual instrument. If you are attached to your wife because of your memories, if you are attached to her because of your comfort, this and that, all the tribu- trivialities of attachment. Death comes and says, You are going to be separated. So one has to inquire very closely and deeply to what you are attached. Because death says, You can't have anything when you die. Please follow this carefully, I'm going to. your body is cremated or buried, and what have you left? Your sons, for whom you have accumulated a lot of money, which you will misuse anyhow, you will inherit your property. Pay taxes and go through all the terrible anxieties of existence. Is that what you are attached to, or attached to your knowledge, as being a great writer, great poet, painter, to fame, or you attached to? a word, because words play a tremendous part in our life, just words, because we never look behind the word, we never see the word is never the thing, the symbol is never the reality. So as we are the masters of time because we have invented time psychologically, can death, can the brain, can we, the human consciousness be free of this fear? Freedom to be free. In the democratic world, they are supposed to be free to say what they want, to think what they like, to do what they like, up to a point. In the totalitarian states, they are not free. You can't. You know all the rest of it, I won't have to go into it. Here you can do what you like, which you are doing. Doing exactly what you want to do, yielding to pressure, yielding to circumstances but pursuing your desire, what you want to do. Tools, we consider cho- to have choice, freedom. Is, the, is that freedom, to have choice, choice to move in this one field of knowledge, psychological knowledge from one corner to the other, and you consider that freedom. I hope you are understanding all this. So is there freedom from fear of death? That is, as you are masters of time, to live with death. Not separate death as something to be avoided, to be postponed, to be something put away, but death is part of life. That is, to, to understand the meaning of ending. to understand the meaning of negation. When you end something, it may be a small habit, end your smoking, drinking and all, ending – ending your attachment, ending your belief, negating – when you negate and there's something totally new. So, while living, can we negate attachment completely? That is, living with death, that is, death means the ending. You're following all this, you understand? That way, there is incarnation, that is, something new taking place. The ending is extraordinarily important in life, to understand the depth and the beauty of that word, which is to negate something which is not true. To negate, for example, your double talk. To negate, if you are a lawyer and you go to the temple, negate the temple. You understand? So that your brain has this quality of integrity. So, death is an ending and has an extraordinary importance in life, not suicide. Not euthanasia, the ending of your attachment, your pride, your antagonism for another, your hatred for another, ending your so many things you have collected to end. But when you look, as we said, a holistic view of life, that they are all interrelated, the dying, the living, the agony, the despair, the loneliness and the suffering, they are all one movement, when you see it holistically then there is total freedom from, from death. Not that the physical body is not going to be destroyed, but the sense of ending, and therefore there is no continuity – you understand? The fear is the not being able to continue. And suppose, or when one human being understands the full significance of death and the depth of that, the vitality, the fullness of that word and the, what lies behind that word, he's out of that human consciousness. Because human consciousness is what we have described, but the description is not the content. Then what happens to people, to human beings who have not broken away completely from the content of that consciousness? Are you following all this? Or is this too much of an evening? Suppose I, a human being, have not understood, or gone into myself, and studied the whole content of my consciousness, and I die with fear, separation from my family, From my bank account, from my daily ugly routine. What happens to me? I, who have thought I was a separate individual, my consciousness being separate, my so all that is separate. What happens to me when I die? Will I still continue this separation as an individual next life? And if I believe in next life, as most of you do, then What matters is how you behave now – right? – because next life you are going to pay for it. Right? But you don't believe in reincarnation, really, because you are not behaving now. It's just a trick of the brain to give you some kind of solace, some kind of comfort. If you really believed in it, you'd have extraordinarily good minds to be a good human being now, but you don't believe in anything, really. You only believe, you only want your power, your money, your status, your position, your technique skill and money, and perhaps sex, that's all you want. And that's what human beings want, so we will continue in that state. Not you as an individual, but that state of consciousness will continue. And this is life. This is the agony of pleasure and pain of life. But when you understand that life and death are one, they are one when you begin to end in living, in your attachment, end your beliefs, end your… Antagonisms, your prejudices, your conclusions, and all your gods. Negate all that. Then you are living side by side with death, which is the most extraordinary thing to do. Which is there is neither the past nor the present or the future. There is only the ending.